Hello and welcome to an exceptionally uneventful Ramon Foster show. That's what this is going to be. We have nothing to talk about. It's one of those dry times of the year. Maybe we'll come up with some kind of Mount Rushmore. Or- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that what we're doing today, Mo? No, we got real live football, okay? And we got some situations that have to be discussed, DK. Yeah, we definitely do. And the headliner, the obvious headliner, mm-hmm. is the quarterback situation. What did you think of the way Mike Tomlin handled it, both during and after the game? Appropriately. That's a Mike Tomlin word, I feel like, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought it was fitting, though, DK. I, it's almost as if the swell was there, waiting for that moment to happen. And I thought it was the right time. I thought it was the right moment. I know, one, Mr. Bisky just wasn't happen- happy about it. And I'll say this, too. As a competitor, you're never happy about being demoted. I don't know if this is permanent, but in that moment, it was a spark this team needed, as Coach Tomlin said. After the fact, I thought it was appropriate how they approached it also. Kenny is what everybody thought he was within that small window that we had to look at it. It's the Jets, okay? I don't think they're world beaters. And I'll be honest, let me go ahead and just eat crow on this one. I said I wanted to see Zach Wilson. I didn't want to see Zach Wilson this weekend, okay? No. I was I was completely wrong. The kid can play. He made some plays for their team, but lo and behold, it wasn't. It wasn't all him. He had some guys that made plays for him, but his ability to extend plays is what Pittsburgh was looking for also. The level of decisiveness that Kenny Pickett played for, played with this past weekend, I think is what we, as people following this team, consumers of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that's what we got in a small dose this past Sunday, DK. Yeah, I I was stunned Yeah, at halftime. Stunned. When, when Kenny put the – at first when he came out with the helmet on and then Mitch is wearing the ball cap, and I'm like, wait a second. Now, I've seen Kenny put the helmet on multiple times. You know, that's actually a pretty common thing for a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. But not like this. And then when eight comes onto the field and you see and hear and feel that crowd. Yeah. One of the first thoughts I had, because I'm always thinking of Ramon, was I I'd wanted to ask you, and I'm going to do it now, Go ahead. to what extent this head coach would make such a move just to get the crowd on the team's side? Because that place was a morgue. <laughs> that was not going to be a W under any circumstances while the citizens were sitting there like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Can I say this, though? I don't think he made that move based off of the, the way the stadium felt, because if he did that, there'd be a lot more other moves that would just get the the fan base on his side. He made that move because of the way the team felt, the way the team looked at it. And I saw a few guys this week pushing back. I saw Najee Harris's uh, comment and what she said, you know, it's the media, it's the, the public pitting us against one another. Like, no, some of that stuff goes on within the locker room, too. And I honestly do think looking at the way Coach Tomlin rolled out Kenny Pickett was a team situation. There's always going to be two sides of this, too. It's going to be sides that that uh, a portion of the team that sides with Mr. Trubisky. And there's probably a big portion of the team that sides with Kenny Pickett. That's what happens in these situations because as a team, you try to have that. But I would almost look at it and say to yourself, the morale of the team sometimes needs Kenny Pickett to go in. It ain't the crowd. The crowd's response 
truthfully, is probably what the players felt too. Like, damn it, it's about time. Yeah, that that's kind of the thing here is because then afterward, and and I brought up with Tomlin after the the game, I, I asked about if he's gonna keep Kenny in place. Yeah. And and he hemmed and hawed and whatever else. And then <laughs> when someone else asked, why have you, you know, why did you make the move at all? And he used terms like spark and energy. And I'm with you, Moan, that I, I believe that it was aimed more at the team. It was. Than it, it was. was than anything else. But if you're saying that, what are you saying? We know this, DK. He's the guy for the future. Ain't no doubt about it. What you're saying is Kenny's the guy to get us going. And I don't think it's just, you know, I, I think the question is, is it permanent? I'd almost assume that it is. You that saw was my question, and he gave it. I don't. Why would you assume? Because he said he said something to the effect of, again, this was in part of his answer to my question. He said, uh, you know, it, it's just it, it, it's business. We we did it. We did it for a spark, and we'll do it again. That made it sound like he's got something in his hip pocket. See that expression you have right now yeah. is kind of what I was thinking. You know, yeah, like, uh, really? It's a weapon? I know. I don't I don't think this is he is the weapon, if that's what Coach Tomlin is saying. Yeah. Like and again, this 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 gauntlet that you're about to run through right now with the Bills, Tampa, two games on the road before the bye with Miami and Philly. Like, you're asking a lot from a rookie to come in and play those games. But the other portion of this is DK, well, when the hell do you do do it? You know? Like, that's where we are at. And I'd say this. I feel like the level of protection around Kenny Pickett is where you would want to be as a team. Like, those, he he threw the passes that you needed from him. Um, he moved the pocket the way you needed to see him. The, the, the level of commitment to making the play is where Mitch kind of hangs on the bottom end of that. He gets to a point where he's like, throw it, throw it, and then he doesn't. You get to a point where you run it, run it, and then he doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So that's Absolutely. what we saw this yesterday when it comes down to what Kenny Pickett is capable of. I have people from other fan bases texting me, Kenny Pickett's in because I, I think what you saw from his <laughs> senior year in college lends that to the fact that this guy's just a gamer. Screw the small hands. Screw everything that you can knock him on. Look at the way his teammates rallied around him. And not just that, DK. One thing that we've said when it comes down to this team is no matter with or without seven, right, you got talent. And if you get the right guy behind center, which is why I really was rooting for Mitch Trubisky, I said you have to be able to develop that talent and expose that talent. We saw Kenny throw and put the ball in places to where that talent could get it. The, besides the, the, the Chase Claypool interception, he put the ball in places and used his legs to where you said he has a level of playmaking ability with those guys in that position as far as those playmakers and talent go on this team. It's funny. You know a great way to end any debates or discussions on this topic as to who should start next week? What's that? Ask him what the other guy brings. It's the end. It's like it, you just yeah. no, no, no. Just forget yeah. all of the this and that regarding Kenny and everything, else, and just ask what is it? That, what is it exactly that you want to revert to? What? What? What is it? What, what's this eagerness to boomerang back to Mitch? For what? What is it that you've seen? He got nothing but just extra years in this league right now. That's it, and it's it's manifesting itself into nothing. When we nope. come back, we're gonna go to the other side of the ball because, yeah. 
So there's the not-so-small matter of the defense not being able to stop really anybody and then going into Orchard Park to take on Josh Allen and all those guys. Uh, Moan, what's going on, especially especially with that run defense? Yeah, um, as I ended the last segment by saying, yeah, the, the run <laughs> defense, though, DK, wasn't bad. It was very situational, which they gave stuff up, and you can't have that. You can't shut down Brees Hall the entire time and then break when it's, uh, when, when, when it's, when it's you know, at the end of the game and they're trying to close it out. It's the level of where's the extra help is. DeMarvin Leal, I love him, man. He's a young rookie. He's playing well and everything else that comes around him. But in the same sense, who else is actually helping out when it comes to the playmaking ability of this defense? Cam can only do so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the issue that we have right now when it comes down to this defense. It's like, all right, we got everybody in line, but where else is the playmaking happen? You got the secondary on the other side of it just giving up just whether it's being confused, whether Cam Sutton just got picked on that play or whatever the case may be, it can't happen. The amount of almost interceptions, man, was there too from this past weekend. So it's a level of closing out plays. I'm not going to completely bash them because there were plays to be made. Mika, I think, probably had two other pick oh, sixes in that like game. This. Like this. Like close, this. right? But <laughs> my, my, my biggest issue is this, though, DK. Russian coverage work together, does it not? It definitely does. And guess what? There isn't. There's no rush. Well, so the coverage gets... Let, let, let me finish up real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's this portion of it, too. If you're going to play that zone defense, you better make sure the guys you have out on that field can get home because to have a young Zach Wilson out there picking apart your zone... I can't live like that, DK, and I know no. they don't want to live like that either. Oh, the picking apart the zone is also it's it's like another it's just another layer to this. It's that they had the whole yeah. middle of the field <sighs> repeatedly. And a lot of that was because of what you said. Cam Hayward acknowledged it publicly about the getting home thing or the not yeah. getting home thing. Because what you had in the first half, according to some of the more advanced stuff, and that's the beauty of doing this show like 24 <laughs> hours after, is a lot of good studies have been done, film studies, that the Steelers put pressure on Zach Wilson almost half the time in the yeah. first half, which is not bad. It was 45.6%. Right. And in, this, in the fourth quarter, that went down to 16.7%. Okay. Yeah. And what ends up happening is, well, at least in the first half, you could say they were at least getting in his vicinity, right. forcing him to run a little bit. He yep. had some. He had some serious escapability to him. Yeah. And then in the fourth quarter, there was just nothing. They weren't even getting into his zip code. Yeah. And what ends up happening is, hey, look at this. This yep. is awesome yep. i can do anything and he and he did and they and then they ran it yeah. and they had two long drives in the fourth quarter in which the steelers could do nothing to stop them let's not forget that's where the game was lost literally let, let, let's be real here too dk it's also the idea that this this defense is probably just getting worn down and it might be to his own undoing though right 
Like, that's the part of it. Like, get off the ball on third down. Don't let your quarterbacks extend place. Like, let's think about this. You got Lamar Jackson in your in your division, okay? You also have a, 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 a guy in Cincinnati that's in your division. You're about to go see Josh Allen. You got to see Tool if he's active. Like, this doesn't get eager. You get Jalen Hurts also. So, if you can't close out the sack when it's there or force this guy to throw the ball away, we're in for a long season, man. I'm not piling on the defense. It just is what it is when it comes down to saying, hey, get off the field on third down. When you got those interceptions falling a foot in front of you, dive if you got to. That may be a bit extreme because it's reactionary with that type of stuff, but you can't live like this, DK. I thought that portion in which Brees Hall ran into the end zone was simply they wore down that defense. And I don't know if this falls on the offensive side of the ball, whereas, look, give them guys rest. Like, it ain't just all them. It is like offense. Do something. Give them life. Keep that keep that Jets defense or anybody else's defense on the field because at some point in time, you know you don't have the bodies right now when it comes down to the secondary. You don't have the bodies right now when it comes down, honestly, true depth at the D-line. Like, we can be real about this. Yeah. It's – it's uh. It's a recurring problem, to say the least, and it, it's 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 one thing to say, all right, listen, the Steelers all time are yeah. zero and seven without TJ Watt, and and I don't want to see TJ on the field. By the way, like no. he's got to miss some more time because of IR, but he's you can tell the way he's practicing. Yeah. He's itching to come back, which is at least a little bit in character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be him if he didn't do that, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, but. You know, you got to he's got to take care of himself first. And we're talking about basic bleeping run defense, you know, but DK, when you look at that fourth quarter drive that they had, I think you just mentioned it. Yeah. 13 minutes and 36 seconds and end it with a touchdown. Oh, okay, A six minute long drive. That's hard sledding. But then you look on the other side, you say the Steelers did the exact same thing. Six minutes and 31 seconds and end with touchdown. When you can control the pace of a drive like that, this is what happens. And this defense can't find itself wearing down throughout the course of the team, whether it's them not finishing plays, having a quarterback sacked, and then he makes a play down the sideline, or just those continue third and short, second and shorts. You know, like the level of playmakers – has to kind of step up, whether that's linebackers, which I will fall a little bit, or whether that's your front line that, that's got to close out. Oof. Well, not to make this even worse, but this defense is also going to go into Buffalo really banged up. Feel me? Um, Cam has an elbow and an ankle in the ankle. Yeah. He had an x-ray on at halftime. Uh, Minka has a knee. Uh, Akella Witherspoon is out with a hamstring. Cam Sutton now has the hamstring. Uh, T.E. went into Terrell Edmonds into concussion protocol. That's half of the starters, my friends. Uh, That is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, Moan. Welcome back to the... Ramon Foster show, and it's time for the only segment that matters, and that would be the Hey Moan segment, and it's brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where it's all about quality. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub and burger, salad, wrap, drink, and appetizer gets made with fresh ingredients and always tastes amazing. Order your favorites at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it, and today's 
entry comes from Christopher Harrison, who says, Hey, Moan, have you ever seen a six foot four, 230 pound wide receiver play smaller than Chase Claypool? He lost a 50 50 ball to a guy seven inches shorter than him. Uh, I mean, plays can be made at all time. I think this is where you're at when you're talking about Chase Claypool losing the 50-50 balls is there's a level of expectation. Plexico's done this. We've seen Martavis do this type of stuff. We've seen other tall receivers be able to go up and grab those types of balls. Man, Megatron, and I'm not comparing him to Megatron. I'm just saying there is a level of expectation. And when you look at the game from Sunday and you say to yourself, well, that interception, how did Kenny get it? Well, Kenny got it because Chase lost that that 50-50 ball, man, and it was just there. I don't know if it's body control. I don't know if it's hand-eye coordination when it comes down to it, but there is a level of expectation when it comes down to a big-body guy being drafted for a role to play, and he's not playing it. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Chase Claypool is going to be hard on himself about those situations. I know he's going to hear it in a meeting with Coach Tomlin with a loud, bolsterous voice that's telling him, we need you to make those type of plays. Yes, and it's true. You're paid for a certain reason. You're brought in for a certain reason, and it's a huge letdown when you don't do that, especially when your team has the other team on the ropes. And I feel like in that moment, you oh, had yeah. them on the ropes. Right That there. was, okay, you can say, well, if he'd have led Chase Claypool a little bit further down the line, that would have been a run into a type of ball. No, guess what? Protection was good. You throw the ball up and you say, I got a better athlete than you do on your side of the ball. Make it. And I'll be honest, I expected him to make that. When I reviewed that tape, I was like, oh, my God. That yeah. was – I want to give him an excuse. I got no excuse for him other than, dog, be a pro. Now, everybody has a moment, but in that moment right there, either make him give you a DPI or you make that catch right there. There's no other excuse behind it. And the way that you get the DPI is to go up. Yep. yep. Not go down. We keep talking about this. Now, this is the third consecutive year of talking about the yeah. bizarre thing where Claypool goes down instead of coming up. Yeah. And I, I'm not a wide receivers coach to know how and why, yeah. you know, that's happening, but it is. And he ends up with, for anybody who hasn't looked at this particular statistic, zero catches for zero yards on two targets. Zero carries, and let's not forget that that was a thing Yeah, back in the Cincinnati game mm -hmm. for zero yards, and thus a zero and arguably a negative because of the interception that he allowed uh, impact on the game. And, and there's people who, especially the ones who are still into the Mitch versus Kenny thing, which right. is, again, nuts. Yeah. But if 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 – if you're looking at that throw and saying, well, it's throw, it's, it's a lame throw, a lame duck, whatever. Nah. He's giving the guy, Kenny Pickett is, with the seven inches and whatever else superiority yeah. over the other guy, a chance to go make a play. Yeah. Um, both it hands. Was, it hit both hands. Yeah. And, of course, you, we can critique the pass. Like I said, you could give, say, if and that. But that was what you like to call in sports term a 50-50 ball. Now, this is the other side of it, DK, that you, we, we got to look at also. Um, I think the number one wide receiver on this team, as it stands currently, is probably Deontay, right? No. 
Okay. No, I would say. Well, let me go here really quick as far as Chase Claypool goes. Okay. When it comes, Deontay, as far as pay and as far as what the expectation is, he's supposed Mm -hmm. to be number one. Now, what's also happening is this. When it comes down to Chase Claypool, it seems to me that there's a guy by the name of George Pickens that also seems to be eating off of his plate. Eight targets. Six, six receptions for 102 yards. And not just that, DK, he's making some catches that not just any human being can make. Now, what happens in that case? You move up the ladder. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and when you got – here's a, another couple of uh, neat stats from yesterday that are a little bit deeper than what you find in a box score. But Pickett was four out of five for 80 yards in throws that traveled more than 10 yards in the air. Okay. Now that's that's him. That's who yep. he is. He's precise. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily bullets. Right. But he'll throw them under duress. Catch the, the balls. The, the pop that he took when he fired that one to Fryermuth. Yep. Okay. Yep. So here's what ends up happening. You mentioned picking six six catches, 102 yards. Uh, he averaged 17 yards a catch. Come on, man. Okay. That was six catches on eight targets. Uh, Fryermuth, seven catches on nine targets for 85 yards and an average of 12. Come on. That's the difference. You mentioned Deontay is the number one wide receiver, and maybe that's, you know, that's how it looks in the wide receiver room on the chalkboard. But he had two catches for 11 yards. 11 yards. And he had two runs for 11 yards. Yeah. Okay. That's contributing a great big nothing to this. Yeah. If, if you're being shown evidence that you have a quarterback who can connect with these other two dudes yeah. downfield, I'm going to keep doing this. So, what you're saying is Deontay got paid as a two, and the number one is George Pickens? Is that what we're saying? George Pickens is going to get paid. No, I, no, no, no. I'm not even saying that right now. What I'm saying is you got a young guy who's climbing up the ranks to be a number one wide receiver and George Pickens. I think That's what I'm now. saying. I think he's and if there now. And if we're looking at it in the, in the way the tiers go of who got paid this offseason, Deontay got paid as a two. Oh, yeah. Although it's really good. It's great. It's great But the way, the way Kenny Pickett threw to him, it almost looks as if. It's going to up. It's going to end up being George, Pat, Deontay, and everybody else if Chase doesn't start making these plays. And let's remember too that it's Matt Canada who's calling a 50-50 ball downfield for Chase Claypool, despite overwhelming evidence. Oh come on, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. I just thought we was going to get by. I just thought we was going to get by without it. <laughs>